a production of Dirty Mo Media. I'm willing to take responsibility for my imagination taking off and running in a direction all by itself and thinking that it's going to be this way. In my mind, no, man, we're popping down. I get good vibes from wide-ass open on the beach. I'm going to make a statement that I think is controversial, and it'll probably get me some hate. Uh Uh-oh. That's a jerk right about It's a cold take right there. (laughs) The Dale Jr. Download. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It is Tuesday, March the 7th. This is episode 421. Dirty Air and Ash Jr. on deck. With me, as usual, in the Bojangles studio is my co-host, Mike Davis. Mike, how are you? I'm well, bud. How you doing? I'm all right. Good. Uh, pretty good, I guess. Did you have a good weekend? I had a, a good weekend. Good. Uh, a bit stressful at times, but pretty good. Uh, Amy put a post on her Instagram. We went to the beach and enjoyed that. And it was good. Good. You know? Um, you ever go to the beach? Yeah, a couple yeah. times a year. All right, let me ask you a question. So... When you go to the beach, are you uh, is it are you going out there for you know thirty minutes an hour, just kind of taking the bare minimums, or are you the dad who uh, packs it up, man? Got you got the cart, you're gonna spend you know good forty five minutes to an hour kind of preparing, getting the you know getting everything onto the cart, uh, per, you know situate uh you know your chairs, maybe an umbrella, uh, whether you got one of those other things that ain't an umbrella, uh, whatever it is. Uh, do you take, you know, music, food, snacks, drinks? I'm the first one. Minimum. I'm the first one. I'm the. Damn. I don't want to make it my central core reason for being out there. The beach is yep. part is an accessory to the overall experience. So like, we'll pack a bag. Hmm. Bull- is that, I don't like you. You you you're you're, you're the other no, one. Yep. Tell no. me. What happened? You and my wife are the same. Okay. Y'all y'all would do the beach the same way. Yeah. I love all of the traditional. You know, when you become a parent, uh, and when you decide. You know what? I'm not going to be single anymore. I'm getting married, and then I'm going to have kids, and I'm going to have, I'm going to do this family thing. You buy in. You've, you're full on. I know you've done this. And then you start to think about all of the things that you did in your childhood that involved your family or you as a child that you enjoyed, right? And, and you want to you experience new things that you haven't experienced before as a, as a family. And one of those things is, which I, I never strived to own a house at the beach. I never thought, man, you know, one day that's a goal of mine. Uh, it just kind of happened. And when that became, uh, you know, that became an opportunity for me, you know, and we're going to spend time there, I'm thinking, man, I cannot wait for that traditional packet it all up, go out there at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, put it down, have some lunch, listen to music, Make some sandcastles, play some games, play in the sand, swim in the water, and it's a two to four hour experience. You know, you sit down and it you camp. It's camping, man. Yeah, and I, so it sounds like it. Yeah, and look, I'm the I am hundred percent willing to put all this together, load it up. You know, and I'm hundred percent willing to put all this back in the box in the in the cart and bring it home and wash all the freaking sand off of it i'm happy to do all of this work good because that's necessary for it to happen 100 that's what we're lacking the person to want to do all that See, I'm, I'm you're a, that guy though. i'm good with that okay. i love that I, that gives me i get good vibes from putting it together organizing it getting it just like you know just like prepping a brisket right for, for the barbecue i enjoy doing that just like getting all the together to go hunting it ain't the shot that's the fun part it's the actual prep getting ready to go i agree with and that. so yeah i i enjoy doing that to go to the beach and then going out there if i'm taking all that out there i ain't sitting there for an hour i'm gonna go out there and spend four hours right now i know the kids get tired and when Thank those you. when those things happen you go ahead and say all right we're 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 bailing on this kids are tired it's time to go back i mean literally our house is right at the beach so i mean if if we want to put one kid you know, take one kid back or somebody needs to go use the bathroom or somebody's hungry or whatever, you know, the, the back of, you know, we don't have to pack it all up. But if it's, if, if the, if the day, if it's obvious that the kids are tired and want to go home, I, all right, fine. I'll pack it all back up. 
nobody else has to do a thing, but that's the way I am. And and I, man, Amy's not quite that way. I mean, she don't mind, but you know, I don't want to make a big deal. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus here, but I was just curious. I must be, I must be in a, in a, I must be unique in that way. I mean, when I go out to the beach and I look around, everybody else's production's pretty damn big. I don't see no minimalist out there. Everybody yeah. else got chairs and toys and. Shit playing everywhere yeah no i don't think you're alone i think that there's a lot of people like you the tradition yeah i mean i think i am in the in the traditional sense the most like everybody else maybe i just will make the point and you hit on it is that i am that guy when i know that the plans will follow through which is also another way of saying that is when i know i'm by myself mm -hmm. and you bring up hunting i am that way i will pack my bags i will put a lot of thought and effort to it because i know that it will it, the, the plans that I have for myself will follow through and nothing will change. If you add kids to the equation, yeah. just plan for it not to go the way you thought it would. Okay, so that's And so I'm not willing to go put forth mm -hmm. the effort and, and, and pack all the things and all the stuff for them just to tell you that they don't want to do it or, they, or that there's something else that I didn't think about. I don't, let, don't put myself in that situation. Mm -hmm. You're right. And, and that's the part that I don't know. All right. I'm still new enough in this whole thing as a dad that I haven't packed all the up, drug it all the way out there to be turned back around, back to, to go back to the house 30 minutes later. I haven't done that enough times to go, you know what, this ain't worth it. Because I'll throw a tantrum. <laughs> and, and, and if I get turned around, I will throw a tantrum and people around me will know it. Oh, man. Well, that, that's an interesting, uh, you know, we talked a lot about, we talked a little bit about parenthood or, or, you know, being a dad and all that stuff. And it seemed to, you know, People seem to react to it. Really appreciated the conversation. We got texts uh, from yeah. people that I didn't we see did. texts coming from. Yeah. So, um, so did something happen at the beach this weekend? Did you and Amy have a not an argument or anything? But did, did did something happen that made you think that you were wondering if other people were like you? No, no, no. I, okay. I, me and Amy. So you know, I will say, hey man, which day are we gonna? dedicate to going out to the beach okay let's look at the weather you know saturday's the warmest that's good that's a good you know clear warm sunny that's let's go let's do saturday okay so friday we're gonna hang around do something else uh and so um in my mind i'm like all right man saturday's the day boy 10 o'clock man i'm leaves downstairs i'm gonna start getting the cart ready i'm gonna get the which umbrella i'm gonna take i got a couple sets which of chairs yeah. I'm gonna oh take. yeah yeah what do yeah <laughs> We gonna take this? What is it? What is that damn thing? That's just the, the wind. The wind and it carries yeah. it and it makes a shade for yes. yourself. Yeah, yeah the shade, what, whatever what, that what is. Whatever the hell that is. Yeah, it's like a parasail for the yeah, ground. It's got a name. I can't remember <laughs> what it is. But uh, we got all of them. We got them all. Right. I got options. And so, I got options in chairs. I got old original Budweiser <laughs> beach chairs. What? That's dude. A I got a Budweiser umbrella. All that. It's from when I was a rookie. Yeah. I got all that. So. Dude, I've been re I've been ready for this for decades, and you've just so, been waiting to basically yeah. activate all these things. And so, you know, I'm like, yeah, man, I can't wait. And then when the day comes, Sunday comes, um, I'm like, all right, uh, ready? To, you know, we're ready to do this. And she's like, well, she's like, you know, we'll go out there for a little bit, and uh, you know, I don't, you know, I got to go down for a nap, and this, and I'm like, she's like, you know, I don't want to take all, I don't want it to be a big production. <clears throat> we'll just go out there and, you know. Maybe we'll just go walk. Maybe we'll just take dogs and the kids and just go walk. I'm like, whoa. Like, it's not, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take responsibility for my imagination taking off and running in a direction all by itself and thinking that it's going to be this way when in her mind, she's doing this other thing. Like, man, we're just going to go walk. We're just going to go out to the beach for a little bit, let the kids play till they get tired and come, come back. In my mind, no, man, we're, we're plopping down. So I think. I'm going to make a statement that I think is controversial, and it'll probably get me some hate. Uh oh! But I will just throw it out there because I think it's worth discussing. You do discussing. this to yourself. I know, every I week. do. I know, and I'll regret it. But I am of the camp that thinks the beach is overrated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, oh, I got did, no. Did Alex I, no, I agree. Me a, mm -hmm. You're going to get some hate. That's oh, that's, <laughs> it. that's what you're agreeing upon. It's a cold take right listen, there. <laughs> listen, I go to the beach a couple times a year. I go to the beach a couple times a year. But let's just be clear: what comes with the beach, you know. You better bring the sunscreen because you're going to get sunburned if not. Putting you know on what? sunscreen is not an enjoyable experience. Hey. Sand is in between. It's all in your clothes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it gets in places that don't feel good. Oh. The water is going to usually be cold. Do you even get in the ocean? Do we, you get in the ocean? Do not you swim? When it, I do when it's warm. Yeah. 
So it's like, you know, it's very temperature sensitive, that ocean. Doesn't have an automatic heater. Nope. Um, you know, might get, I've been, I've been caught by a jellyfish before. Not fun. Hurts like hell. I'm just saying, I go to it yeah. once a year. It is relaxing. But then the things that come into the beach experience yeah. can also distract from the relaxation. Well, if the if you if the jellyfish doesn't sting you, you don't get you don't get pissed on by your by your spouse. Well, good and point. Then we don't have a great story. I forgot here, about that for the podcast. She should have just pissed all over me. It would have been yeah. fine. One thing too, man. I mean, I, these are simple. <laughs> these are very simple adjustments that can be made to improve your beach experience. You're right. Like the suntan, the 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 sunscreen goes on at the house. No, yeah, I got so it. So much eat. Well, let's let me. It's hear, a good point. Hear me out. Like I'm, I'm like you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy. I'm gonna throw the in the bag, and I'm carrying it out there, and I'm gonna put it on when I'm in the middle of. I'm out there in the sun in the sand, right? Which is a not as uh, easy, right? You're rubbing that on, and sand's everywhere, and you're grinding that. You get sunscreen and sand mixed together, and yeah, I mean, so my wife though is is much smarter, and she puts it on at the house when it's nice and and everything. You know, it's easy to do. And uh, so, I mean, I don't know about the sand getting in certain places. I have not had that experience. In Never? A, in a long, long time, like when I was a kid, but I was wide-ass open on the beach. Now I kind of try to sit on a towel or do things to try to keep the sand from going in certain places. Yeah. You know? But the sand ends up on the towel. Not if you're particularly careful. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I got a two-year-old. She threw sand all over our ass. They, when we was at, at of course the, yeah, I mean, it got everywhere. But yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, again, I go a couple times a year. It's relaxation. I'm just saying I don't go look forward to a day at the beach because mm-hmm. it's not the ultimate piece yeah. that I would need. So I have this, um, when I ride in an old car, I want to hear old music, mm-hmm. right? And my, the vibe at the beach for me, I just, I'm very nostalgic, man. And I just want to tap back into that, that you know, 70s, that, that very, very, very young part of my life. You know, being at the beach with my dad or my mom back in the late 70s and early 80s. So when I sit down on the beach, I put on the oldies or I put on, you know, classic rock and, and I turn it, I, I bring the speaker I can bring because I don't want it to sound perfect, you know, and I try to create this sort of vibe, right? Throw my chairs down, get my old ass Budweiser chair out. Uh, you know, all the stuff is dated and old and I don't know, I just enjoy it. You know, kind of roughing it, if you will, on the beach. So I'm that thorough in that much, I put that much thought into it, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife is not that way at all. She's like, we're going out there. We're going to let the kids play. We're coming back. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to do, it's going to, we're going to have some function. Dog's going to get to walk. Dog's going to get energized. We're going to, you know, it's, I'm, I'm more into uh, the experience and the vibe of it, I guess, that I'm trying to create this. I'm going to be honest with you. Everything you just said sounds awesome, right? Like yeah. it sounds awesome. If and if it, if the, the the plans that you just said actually happen, I would enjoy that. Yeah. I would enjoy that. I mean, yeah, we take sandwiches out there, yeah. and pre-made all that stuff. It's awesome. Anyway, hey, what's, what 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 kind? What are you? Are you are you just carrying a book to the beach? Uh, are you taking the dog for a walk? Are you pulling a cart full of? Shit? Let us know. Anyways, uh, I I was watching the uh, I was watching the Fox broadcast the last couple of weeks, and then I also heard Denny on Actions Detrimental talk about the cartoon faces, and he said that he thinks they're going away. Is mm. there any movement on that? Because he said there was a photo shoot or something that where they tried to capture some headshots of the drivers that he thinks may end up becoming what they use, like they may be moving away from this cartoon stuff. I heard him say there was a photo shoot, but then. They haven't changed anything yeah. yet. Well, so maybe it takes else. a little time. Do you guys love the cartoons? No. Yeah. No. Everybody's got six pack. Everybody's got muscles. And just, some of them just don't look realistic. They don't look real. Yeah. Like my daughter's, um, I told my daughter is a fan of Noah. My four year old, I'm like, Noah's going to race today. She's like, uh, cool. And so we're getting ready to watch the, the start of the race. And I said, more than likely, Noah's going to be on the screen. So watch the screen because the guys are kind of meandering around about their cars. The anthem's happening. And I said, they might show Noah. And we got Cartoon Noah. And she had no freaking clue when Cartoon Noah popped up on the screen. And so I'm like, there's Noah. And she's like, where? I don't know. what. The- I missed it. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. And so 
while I think the intent and the and 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 the and the effort was was uh was nice and 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 I just feel like that they need real images so that we new fans can That's why. can recognize this is who this guy is. This is what he looks like. We have to br- build brand equity in our sport, yeah. and the drivers <laughs> and the stars need to be visible. You got to know who you're looking at. Um, and that's what the cartoons yeah. don't give you. Right. Other than that, I have no problems, but you just hit it on the head. That's yeah. it. That's why I don't love them. Yeah. Well, I hope Denny's right. I hope that there was a, a secret photo shoot to capture what they need to be able to kind of move away from this. But, um, I mean, there, I haven't seen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of people, you know, that don't favor it. I mean, I've, I've, I don't know if I, a lot of times I try, I mean, you know, social media is not a great place to go get your, you know, get, get the poll of the nation. Right. Um, but for the most part, I see, uh, I see mostly, uh, you know, the same sort of opinion that I have. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anybody like it. Yeah, from yeah. what I see. If you like it, I mean, let us know. I would love to hear from somebody who says, "Man, I love the." That's cartoons. true. <laughs> do do they love... exist? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I love the cartoons. Hey, I'll admit I'm a hypocrite in this because while I don't love the cartoons, and I just told you the reason why, I also would love it if they went back to like the 1985 or 1990 version of introducing the lineup with. With pictures that are about the same quality as a Polaroid. Picture. My wife said and they're cut out. Yeah. It looks like it's kind of and they're you know they got the whole lineup. Like I would love to go back old school like that. Yeah. Amy Amy walked in the room and thought for a first for a moment that I was playing the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost. Uh, I would you talking about with those cartoons? Yeah, I would even say they'd be go so far as going Nintendo quality. Yeah, um, maybe a Super <clears throat> Nintendo. Yeah. Hey, uh, big! This is a big week. Uh, this is the Cars Tour opener this week. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more on Thursday's show. But just want everybody to know that this weekend is the first race of the season, Southern National Motorsports Park. Um, you can check out Cars Tour uh, website for all the information there. Um, some big happenings in NASCAR. Uh, unfortunately, Chase Elliott. Has a has a, uh, a you know an, an injury snowboarding. There's a lot of talk about you know oh man what should you know should drivers be limited on what they can do and I got a very b- brief opinion on that. I want to hear it. Really? Okay. I so, really do. I didn't even text you this weekend because right. I wanted to hear it on the show. Yeah. So all right, Chase uh, is snowboarding. Great. He's a, apparently very good at it, and um, I don't know what happened. Have no details, but he's got it. You know, he injures his leg, so he's out of the car for. He's got a, a, a non weight bearing injury that it's going to take some time, right? And so there's no uh, perfect timeline. They they will just go week to week with um, trying to put drivers in that car that makes sense. Uh, and until Chase is ready to go, right? He'll go. He'll go. Probably practice somewhere, drive a, a race car somewhere, and uh, say, "Hey, yeah, I feel pretty good." And so, um, when that happens, is, is when it happens. But I think that the the responsibility of the risks a driver takes outside of his role uh, is his choice or her choice. All right. If you uh, want to go do things, go do things, and you assume that risk, and you hopefully, you know, hopefully somebody in your camp's going, look, man, I know you want to do this. Um, here's what you're getting paid by the Cup team. Here is uh, the insurance coverage that we have that would handle any kind of injury or 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 worse. And so, uh, you know, if there's an injury that limits you for a couple weeks this is the repercussions if there's an injury that uh knocks you out of uh nas you know driving a race car entirely here is the repercussions so hopefully there's somebody that's letting this driver know these are all the things that get triggered uh when when certain things certain dominoes fall and as long as you have that information and understand all of those uh, repercussions go do whatever you want to do and you know, it, there's some things that that I wanted to do and I did do. There's some things I didn't do. I, for example, um, I had just signed a new deal with Rick Hendrick in '08. Just signed one. I was making substantially more money than I ever made at DEI, and so this is a very very brand new new thing. I just got a big raise, right? Everybody, uh, put yourself in this situation, right? 
You've been working a job. You get a new job with a substantial raise, and then you go on a trip uh, with your family to Aspen. I'm not a skier. Not good at it. Hardly ever done it. Most everybody that went wanted to ski. I was willing to go give it a try. And somebody in my group said, hey, man, you know, you just signed that new thing. You don't know how to ski. Maybe this ain't for you. Maybe maybe, maybe this trip, you don't do it. Now, I ended up going and skiing years later. But in that moment, maybe it was a good choice not to ski. Uh, but that's a personal choice and always should be a personal choice. That's my opinion about it. So hopefully there's people uh, that are around each driver making sure they have all that information that they need. Uh, if you get injured today, here's what happens. Now, do you want to go do the thing? If you do, go do it. But just know go, going forward, that's, that's uh, the risk you take. I think that's fair enough. What do you think, Mike? Well, I, I agree with you, but you say that they know the risks involved. And when, as, as, the, as it pertains to the conversation about Chase Elliott, I'm curious, and I was going to ask you this, the waiver sort of eliminates that, that risk because now they have a pathway to make the playoffs without uh, and, and still be able to miss yeah. some races. My question is, is there other repercussions? In other words, and I know you could probably only speak to your deal, mm -hmm. but aside from losing points, if you would have been gone skiing and you would have injured yourself, you would have lost points and you would have lost seat time. Would you have also lost money? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's – I can't be sure – I can't sit here right now and say I would have lost this, but how disappointing would it have been for Rick Hendrick to have just hired me yeah, and for me to go on this trip immediately after that and come back and go, hey man, I got a broken oh, leg. Oh no, I completely agree with that. I guess the point I'm trying to make is is that I am of the I am of the belief, and you, just like you are, that you know these guys need to live their life, and we shouldn't go yes. hamper it. But I also understand why you wouldn't want them to. And 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 Rick Hendrick would be the example of that. And Rick Hendrick is the one that now doesn't have his his show pony in the nine car. And sure, they've got a pathway. To, to a playoff, but I'm wondering if there's repercussions for drivers. You should be able to live your life, but you also know that there's other repercussions that if you choose to go skiing or you choose to go racing in a dirt race or you choose to go do this, there's repercussions that aren't just do, can you make the playoffs. Like I'm sure there are, Mike. That's I'm, what I'm wondering. Well, I'm sure that if you're not in the race, you can't make any money, right? And drivers are, you know... We don't know the answer to what a contract looks like. Right. Whether and they're, they're all different, I'm they sure. They are different. Guy's getting paid a base salary, then he's probably in pretty decent shape even if he gets injured. But if a, guy's, if a guy, like in the last couple of years of my contract, I was getting paid more off of race winnings. Mm -hmm. uh, a big substantial part of my, my uh, income was from what I got in the race, right? Or what the car won in the race. And if you do it that way, which I don't know how they do it these days, it's been enough times that, that there's probably a change, but um, that driver is going to be in a bit of trouble because he's not on the track competing. I, you know, and I'll be – maybe everybody's different. I don't, I, don't, I don't go assume that risk thinking about the next race or the points in the next race or the championship at the end of the season or the playoffs – I'm, you know, I don't think that those are the things that weigh on your mind. What weighs on your mind in in making these decisions to go drive another race car somewhere else is the very long term. You know, if I get injured and I'm out, you know, for, for a substantial period of time or I do something to myself that might question uh, might might force my employer to question my ability going forward, right? Um, you know, you go out there and suffer a concussion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that unfortunately has a bit of a stigma, that, you know, tied to it. And so, you know, those are the things that I worried about. If a, a broke ankle or a broke leg, that that kind of thing can heal. Yes, you're going to miss some time. It might it might affect that particular season in a bad way. But that wasn't no that wasn't enough for me, and I don't know that it is enough for other drivers to. There's other things that are bigger that that you worry about. It's much more like you know, 
I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I, maybe some drivers are very, you know, hey man, I can't do this or won't do this. I'm worried about the points. I'm worried about the playoffs. I'm worried about the championship. Um, I was. I thought larger. Like I'm worried about how my employer feels. I think that that's an admirable thing to think about, and yet I don't know that all of them yeah. do. What it's not so much. Hey man, I'm. Yeah, it's more like. What do you think? What is what does my employer think? What does my advisors think? Yeah. What is you know, it's really all about how do they feel about this? And and if something did happen, how would you feel and how you know, you 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 gauge the room, you read the room and uh that would make that would help you make your decision. But anyhow, we're getting into weeds a little bit. I think that, you know, Chase uh should be able to go out there and do what he wants. He'll get this thing healed up, and he'll come back strong. I think, you know, I don't know I think that Chase really, as unfortunate as this is, I think that in in when we look back on Chase's career, I have a feeling that this is going to have a a positive impact on his appreciation for his job. I think how could it not? Right, you get something taken from you that you love so much. Uh, he is going to come back hungrier. More determined, more he is going to, uh, he will probably really appreciate the the opportunity, you know, more than he ever did, and so I think that he will be a much better race car driver hmm. when he comes back. Um, as unfortunate as the situation is, I mean, I'm always a silver lining kind of person trying to figure out, hey man, what's the what's the, what's the good in this? How can what is what can be taken from this and used in a good way? I just feel like that this is going to impact him long term uh, positively in terms of how he approaches his role as a race car driver, and you know he's he's already damn good, and if and if this makes him just a, any better. Um, I think it's a real possibility for that to happen. Can I just say this? I've seen some emphatic opinions about this on both sides, mm -hmm. right? And then the, the camp, you know, I even saw Kyle Petty come out going, I cannot believe there's so many people that are against this medical waiver. And I saw his statement. And I understand where Kyle Petty's coming from, but I, I, the, I would assume, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, the argument against the waiver is only to say it's if you don't earn a spot in the playoffs, then, you know, the right way then you don't belong, much like the people that did not like that Kyle Bush years ago got a medical waiver and then end up winning the championship, yeah. having missed 10 or 11 races, right? Isn't that what happened? Isn't that the argument? And, and if, the, if it is the argument, I understand it. I do understand it. I just end up falling on, I want our sport to have the stars in the show when it matters. And I, even if it means that they're getting waivers and they didn't necessarily earn it the old traditional way. And I also think that you don't want to encourage people to race injured because the concussions is one example. If you'd had Kurt Busch or, you know, Bowman last year racing with a concussion, those, those are way more severe consequences with that that you just don't want to introduce. And the Ricky Craven and other people have talked about racing injured before, and it's just not not good. But that's I, I understand both sides of the argument. Am I understanding the uh, the counter right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is getting hurt in the car on track versus getting hurt oh, outside. Oh, clearly. If you're yeah. getting hurt on the car on the Which track, is what that's, the not, a, thing comes that's in. not the issue. Here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you're doing the extracurricular activities or potentially racing in other series that it's not part of your primary, you know, that's not how you... Yeah. The, ex you know. the example I've heard a lot is when Tony Stewart had that ATV accident mm. as more of the comparison to what this is with Chase more than like Kyle Bush's, but Kyle went on to win the championship, so I think that path is yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, I'm sure that this has been, you know, talked around in circles um, in this in in the public, but you know, you have I don't I don't mind it. The, the waiver, the bigger conversation for me is set the rules before the game starts. Amen to that. We all play by those rules during the game. Never at one point during the middle of the game do the rules get changed. And if if the waiver is described in a way that a driver that gets injured outside of the race car is allowed the waiver just in the same right that someone's injured inside the car, then fine. I'm, I have no problem with that. Um, and not that NASCAR's, you know, I just, I don't, uh, I don't like when something happens in the middle of the season and we've got a new, and they set a new precedent mid, midstream, right? 
mid, mid-race, mid-season. Um, I know things happen out of our control and unforeseen things happen that we never would imagine uh, and we have to adjust on the fly, but I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, players in other sports injure themselves in all types of ways off the field. They can come back and be a part of that team when they're healthy and go on to the championship game if that's, if that's you know, the success that they have. And they're, they're, they're I guess it's no different, uh, you know, for Chase Elliott. So I, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just interested to watch him come back. What, you know, and, and how I'm, I'm, I'll be, I think the one thing that I'm looking forward to is, um, hearing his remarks when he's, when he's ready to sit down in front of the media and, and talk about his experience and, and when he starts to get back on the track and the, the interviews around the car and before and after the race and before and after performance, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing his comments, you know, and seeing how this has affected him. Josh Berry gets to drive the nine car this past weekend at Las Vegas, uh, an incredible opportunity for Josh. And, um, you know, Josh is, uh, I I forget sometimes how um you know how many how many how few of the races he's got in the Xfinity series. Um I know he's been trying you know in my mind he's been doing it for a really long time but uh the reality of the situation is is he's got he's got uh just a handful of starts. So an opportunity like this, he's drove in the Cup series before but this was in a really really competitive race car and uh an incredible opportunity. Uh we I was on the phone with Josh a ton. Uh, leading up to this, and I talked to uh, Jeff Gordon, Rick, and all everybody, Alan at at, uh, at HMS, in text message and so forth. And um, I was just really thankful for Josh to get this chance to be asked to do it. What an honor! And um, now I would not want to be, I would have not wanted to be in Josh's shoes, uh, having no experience in in the next gen car with the rack and pinion steering. I drove the car at Daytona and a few other times. And it's completely foreign to me. And um, the low-profile tire, you have – it's completely foreign to the typical tire that we've raced for years with the, with the taller sidewall. Um, so all of those things would – I would want as much time as you could possibly allow me to get adjusted to this car to be able to get up to speed. And, heck, if I jumped in an Xfinity car today, I would need two, four hours before I felt like I could be on on par with the other guys that we have racing here at Junior Motorsports. And so uh, I was not envious of Josh's situation, having to get in there and just get a couple minutes of practice. Um, but looking at the lap times, I felt like, you know, in the first couple stages of the race, he was sort of figuring it out. Uh, and I guess there was, a, there was a couple issues with the car in the third final stage uh, that, that affected the performance. But um, anyhow... I told him, you know, I know it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. Um, but if they give him another opportunity to do this, you know, next week, uh, he needs to look at this as, uh, you know, a pot, he's he's stumbled onto a, a pot of gold. This is, this, I'm trying, instead of looking at this, so this is a, this is a deeper conversation. You heard me say, man, I would not want to be in his shoes. But you don't want to say that to Josh or anybody <laughs> with that kind of opportunity, right? Right. You want to say, "Hey, man, what an incredible chance to to take to fill in for Chase Elliott and drive his race car and try to try to help those guys out. What an incredible incredible opportunity, right? So trying to trying to keep uh, trying to keep Josh understanding and going into it with a you know really. Uh, positive approach I think is really important because it is like man it it climbing Everest mm-hmm. and you've never you've never you never climbed any mountain in your life right you don't know how this equipment works you have nothing about altitude change and so forth and what are the what are the practices and it's just an, a monumental task um and so but I thought he did a good job and you know, I know he was disappointed, and I was too with how it went. I was sick to my stomach, but uh, I watched every single lap time that he ran, 
every lap he ran and uh laid away call night sunday uh wondering if he would get a chance to go back and and do it again and um you know i don't know if they've even had an offense official announcement uh, as to who's going to drive the car. It reminds me a little bit about the Jimmy Means opportunity that you always talk about when yeah. he got to drive uh, yeah. the Tim Richmond car, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And so what an immense uh, task and, and what an uphill climb that would be for him. But those are the moments that you get. They're challenging and they're hard, but those are the, those are the moments if you can yeah. make the most of that opportunity and impress the right people, mm-hmm. man, are you fast-tracking to the front of the line to get those premium cup rides. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Josh has right now. Well, Josh is driving in the Xfinity Series and has had some good success there, and so there are some cup teams looking at him and other drivers in the Xfinity Series, but there are teams looking at Josh, saying, what, does this guy have it? And so imagine here's here's – Here's a driver getting a chance to drive one of the best cars in the garage, and he might get to drive it once, if he's lucky twice. That's right. Right? And in those that in that sample size, people will then determine whether they want to seek you know further, you know, pursue him as a driver for their cup car. Right? And so that could get hot or that could get really cold. Yeah, And I told Josh, I said, hey, man, you know, it didn't work out Sunday. If you get to drive it again, however that works out, it doesn't matter. You know, we'll move on. You get a whole season to redeem yourself in this Xfinity car. It's not the end of the world. It's going to feel like it. It's going to feel like that you're you're driving the last laps you'll ever drive in a cup car. But there's ways to, uh, you know, ignite that fire again and that interest in, in your career um, by going in that, you know, getting in that, buckling down that Xfinity car and going out there and making it happen. And, and so, you know, we, I would hope that he gets another opportunity to drive uh, a really good cup car and I hope that it goes well, but, um, you know, it is, it is a, it, I cannot, so, you know, I had my last name, I had my dad, this guy came from Nashville and he's here. He has he has nobody around him other than his wife, and and he has no. He's on this deal on his own. He was out in Vegas, plopped into a cup car. One of the. I mean, I can't imagine the pressure and yeah. the nerves. Yeah, it's not like he has a manager and oh all these my, other people. To I grew help, up help, around help this. Build him up. I I grew up in this every day, and I was freaking nervous. Right. Driving. Right. You know, my first my first race, I felt pressure, but this guy has. Uh, for anybody like that, I mean, I it really has made me appreciate like the self-made driver, right? If you look at all the guys that have, have came up through it, and the guys that are trying, like like Zane Smith and some of these other young kids that are trying to get some traction, man, they are underneath some. They are on. They're in the vice. Yeah, it is insane. Right, right. And they are out. You know, the, the re. I, I, you know, it just really kind of kind of puts it into perspective as in terms of of just kind of how difficult it can be mentally and emotionally. But anyways, you know, we we haven't seen an announcement on what, what's going to happen with the nine car as of this recording. But uh, for me, you know, I'm hoping Josh is in it. I've heard a lot of other great ideas. What will they do going forward? Let's kind of step back and look at this nine car going forward. I think there's an opportunity at Coda to try to, um, you know, maybe put a road course ringer, uh, maybe do something – completely um outside of the box you you would want you know if i was a cup owner i would say hey man i'm gonna look at you know obviously the indycar series and and even f1 right and who's available who what big name could i bring in here and make a big splash and create a lot of uh a lot of conversation regardless of the result on the racetrack what could i do um to really uh get nap a ton of exposure um, so Coda's a Coda's a chance. I'd say I'd say I'm I'm kind of um, anxious to hear what what Rick pulls out of his sleeve or out of his hat uh, in terms of who might drive the car there. Do you have an idea? Do you have a, not just a clue. A, an opinion? No, no. Not, not an idea who they're doing. Do you have a a vote? I like, don't know. No. Yeah. No. What about beyond Coda? Like to be honest with you, I heard I've heard a couple people just you know like man, Jimmy Johnson needs to go That's get what in that I've car. heard too. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how I wonder why so okay I wonder why um 
I wonder how that would happen. Jimmy being now the owner of of um, of Legacy, uh, Legacy, Motor, Legacy, Cl- yeah, Legacy, Legacy Motor, Motor Club. Legacy Motor Club. I mean, I got to think about that one. Um, Jimmy's an owner of another team. It is Chevrolet's, so I mean, uh, I don't think that it would be impossible for him to unlock the the gates to get into that car for. Her. And I and I, who knows who's calling them? I bet everyone, I bet oh, everyone sure. is calling them about driving that car. I've heard Corey LaJoy's name thrown around as a guy that a lot of people would love to see in that car. While I think that that would be incredible for Corey, uh, I think that that would hurt Spire. Corey goes into the nine car. They have you know, Spire's running really good. They have a so st- st- stepping back just a bit. They've got a uh, Spire has put a lot more into the seven car this year than they ever did before. They are spending more money, more effort in an effort for that car to run better and progress themselves forward. It's a very valiant effort and honorable, if you ask me. I mean, they you know think about where Spire was a couple years ago. Uh, we actually sponsored them and know know quite a bit about their their um, their business model. And so here they are, really kind of putting a true effort into this seven car to be competitive, and they are running well. He is in the he's uh, he's running great. Uh, going into Atlanta in a couple of weeks, where he almost had a chance to win there last year. Yeah. And so, but if you and so with all that momentum and that progress. If you plucked him out of there and put him in the nine car, great for Corey. He's going to get in this nine car and maybe go out there and win a race and show what he can do. We know he's got the talent. But I think it really puts Spire in a difficult situation to continue to progress. All right, that that they could actually regress a little bit. And then when Corey comes back, he's eventually going to have to get back in that car. It's nowhere where nowhere near where it could be. And and so I worry, you know, I think that, I worry about that just a little bit. Remember when David Reagan took over the 18 yep. when Kyle broke his leg and he was running like what top 10, top 15, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes back to, I think it was front row and obviously doesn't have the same success. I don't yeah. know. That reminded me when you mentioned that. Well, I just worry that it would hurt Spire more than, uh, and it would be detrimental to what they're trying to accomplish. This is the year that they really said, you know what, we're going in. We're going to, we're going to spend the money to be one of the teams, right? And so uh, to, to, to do anything that might not allow them to net the result for them. So when they spend, when they commit as a team, they're running a very, very tight budget. All right. And when they commit these dollars, they need to know that the car is going to net a specific result every single week. They're racing. They're writing the check on Monday to, to pay, to, to, to pay for it on Sunday, right? And so they have to get these results. Corey's very well aware of where this car needs to run. And so you take him out of there, and, and the person that goes in can't get those results. They have to spend less. They have to, they have to draw back on, on what they're willing to do. It could uh, make things difficult. They, they, um, they have a plan, and that would upset the plan. But Rick has gotten creative before, and I will just say the time when you were out of the car – He did something that none of us saw coming. He put Jeff Gordon in the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, I know that's, I don't know how likely or unlikely, but there's there's that idea. I mean, he's been creative and he can also do deals with Spire as he's he's quite close to them and Dickerson and TJ that uh, he can provide them drivers and buy out rides and pay stuff. I mean, he can do a number of things that, that, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I hope Josh gets another opportunity. But uh, I will be. I will be. You know, I think that they could do some really exciting things uh, while while Chase is coming. You know, fighting and working his way back. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Are we? Yeah, we are. All right, we're live. <laughs> I hit the button, and I didn't know if you were ready to go or not. But <laughs> All right, we're live here. Andrew uh, has got all your questions ready for Ask Junior. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Ask Junior presented by Xfinity. Uh, we've had some really, really good questions this year, so uh, the pressure's on. Let's go. The pressure is on. This first one uh, coming from Dave Trout. He said, I saw Bob Pockers tweet out that Jesse Little was the Truck Series race director for the Vegas race. Um, do you think former drivers should be looked at for roles like this in the future? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is, uh, I think 
you know, just like a crew chief that has some driving experience, he can so understand what a driver's thinking and doing. Anytime anybody's got any kind of experience as a driver, crew chief, all of those roles, I think, are good for future NASCAR employees, right? Uh, race directors, technical officials, and so forth. If they've got any kind of experience from the competitor's perform, you know, perspective, I think it's really helpful. Because then, when you get down and have to argue with that individual, they know the language. Yeah. And they kind of can understand your point of view. And even if you don't agree or walk out of there winning the argument, at least you understand that that person knows what you mean, right? And so it's 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 really frustrating when you're arguing with somebody in the organization or in NASCAR that hasn't drove or doesn't know the heat of the battle or or hasn't experienced any of that. And so it's kind of tough to to have those type of conversations with that style of person. But I'm sure that he is in a position where he's got a lot of support around him. Uh, he's not up there. I, I imagine he's probably not up there like just, you know, um, entirely, you know, it, in in you know holding the reins soul solely i think that he's probably got his father and other people around him in the room right giving him advice and notice you know pick you know helping him understand the things that are critical and things he needs to pay attention to in every single moment so i bet he's got a lot of information coming at him at all times um and i hope it works out i hope it works out for him he's uh it's it's uh it's fascinating. He's young, just right out of the driver's seat, uh, making a ma- major shift in you know in his in his life and career. I can't imagine what that must be like. I'm sure that he'd still love to be a race car driver if that had worked out for him. But uh, yeah, I I uh, I hope it works out, and I think that if if he's given the right um, tutoring and and support and resources, uh, it could be it could go really well. This next one we were talking about uh, earlier with Chase Elliott, you know, not being in the car, he's going to come back hungrier, more determined. Do you remember the first time you felt when you had to watch your car on the racetrack and you weren't in it? It's weird, man. I'm going to be honest. Um, You don't want it to go well. Uh, There's half of you that wants it to not go well. There's other half of you that wants it to go well. (laughs) It's a really, really weird feeling. I'm going to just be clear, man. When, When you're not in the car, you're terribly conflicted. And you don't have very, you know, you don't, you're, you're probably not your best self in terms of uh, um, how you want things to happen. Um, you know, there were times when Regan was driving the car or Alex was driving the car. You know, I was, I wanted them to do well, but not too damn good, you know, and uh, I wasn't sure, you know, somebody else is going to drive the car. And what if they, what if the car goes way faster, right? <laughs> um, you know, you got an ego. Hell yeah. You're like you're like no man. I don't want um, I don't want them to show me up. So whether a driver's really willing to admit that, I can admit it now because it's you know, after the fact. <laughs> but uh, in the moment, you're certainly not going to hear drivers say those things. But uh, yeah, I think you know it's it's just like another player going into the game in your position. You don't want them to go in there and score a bunch of points or or or, or ball out and make you look bad. But You've got a crew chief or, or members of the team that you want to have success. And so, and you you probably may like the guy that's actually driving the car as a friend, right? Like you want him to have a good day. You want him to things. I was I was in a bit of a pickle, man, because I didn't want Regan or Alex or, or Jeff to run super good, but I also wanted to see them do well. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, too, is, is like if you were struggling – with the car, right, or whatever, and they go in there and they perform exactly the same, you get out and you go, man, what do you think's going on, right? You feel it? You feel this? What I, you feel the things I'm feeling? And now you got two drivers' opinions, you know, trying to push uh, the, the team in the right direction. That's a good thing. And so, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that, that happens when another driver gets behind the seat of a car You'd never do that intentionally, but when it does happen, uh, you know, it it can it can it can provide some good information that can actually help the team. So there's a lot that happens, and uh, but not fun. It's not fun at all. I mean, you know, if you're Chase or anybody with an injury, you're dealing with that physical injury and the emotions with that. But you're also watching your team go out there and compete, and it's just a lot happening. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you want to prove you're the best guy for the job. Yeah. But, God, that does yeah. not sound I like... I want to say, though, man, I was, you know, I've had very brief text conversations with Chase, and from what I can tell, he is handling this like a pro. Um, his he, He's still... He's on. He's uh, briefing with the team, in the in the conference uh, calls with the team. I mean, he's he's in direct contact with them all day long, uh, trying to help them still prepare uh, to be able to go to each race and do as well as possible. And so that he is understanding of what they're what they're doing, what they're involved in. So when he does come back, it's almost seamless as as, as it can be. He understands everything they've been dealing with. Um, and so f- from what I can tell, man, he is. He's handling it as well as you could possibly handle it, and uh, you know. But he's a pro. We talk about drivers that you're buddies with, that you're rooting for, and then we're gonna go to Willie's question. What's the angriest that you recall being at a driver? <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> uh, I was driving home from uh, from the beach, and some jerk. Uh, <laughs> so I'm driving, and I'm in the left lane. I'm in the left lane, right, and there's an exit ramp. Uh, going off to the left, driving through Charlotte. There's an exit ramp going off to the left. Uh, and so I'm going to continue straight in my lane. Somebody behind me goes onto that exit ramp and then cuts in front of me, uh, you know, right in, like, very close, and um, just to jump in front of me. And then, you know, and so there was a moment where I, you know, I, I throttled up and <laughs> uh, was going to, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna have a little race. I don't know what I was gonna do, but um, have a little race. Yeah, and then they look over and <laughs> like, gonna, oh my god, good I lord. was gonna do a little side drafting. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what I I didn't have a plan, but my wife heard me throttle the car up and she goes, "You got kids in the car." <laughs> I was like, "I do," and so I had to let I had to let the cowboy ride away. <laughs> I was pissed and uh, I was pissed off. So, um, <laughs> I, you know what, I've been mad about things on the racetrack, but just complete ignorance on the highway, man, drives me crazy. I'm um, sure that, that is a beautiful story. I do want to know if he's been that mad at another driver, though, that, like well, a so race car driver. That's yeah. the question I was asking, but then. I know it was. <laughs> but yeah. the, and, and, and I, I think but that, that's, I think right, that answer right. was brilliant. I, uh, yeah. You know, I think, um, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I was mad at Kyle that night in Richmond. I was really, really mad at Kyle that night. Um, what about Kyle at Phoenix? Oh, yeah, Kyle at Phoenix. Flipped me the bird. Yep, I was mad that day. Um, had to figure out what episode that was where we talked about that so you can go back and listen to that one. But um, I, uh, you know, we were, uh, Matt's going to be mad. I was <laughs> racing with Kenseth. We're running. Uh, I, there's not many instances that I can remember really being that upset after a race, but me and Matt are racing for like eighth at, at Michigan last lap. And we're side by side through turns one and two and he's on the inside and we come up off of two and he squeezed me into the wall. And I think we actually, uh, actually hit the wall. I had to lift off the gas and, uh, I finished 11th or 12th. I was like, Matt, God dang, man, I had a top 10. We were going to, you know, I'm when I'm racing, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about those things. Like, man, top five, we're going to top three, you know, wherever we're running, top 10, all right. And, and in an instant, like I'm 12th. And uh, I think Sterling Marlin goes by and a couple other guys. And uh, I was like, damn, Matt. And then the, uh, my, <laughs> um, Mark Martin did the exact same thing. It's the same track. Squeezed me into the wall off of two or something, and I, there's a YouTube oh, clip of right. me sitting on the back of the get- tailgate talking about Mark. That's right. I was so pissed off. Where was that? That was. I remember that. So Mark and Matt both are very similar in their styles, and I loved racing them. And I really learned a million things from Mark Martin driving in the Xfinity Series and racing against him in the Cup Series. They were both very good friends of mine. They were both very supportive of my career. So those two moments were sort of uncharacteristic, and I think when somebody does something sort of out of character, that's that makes you, that kind of catches you off guard, right? Now when you get drove like a jerk by a jerk, you're like, yeah, he's a jerk, and I'm mad, but dang, you know, I I, I better I should know better, you know. 
but when somebody does something like a buddy of yours, right, yeah. runs over you or something, um, which rarely, rarely happened, um, that's that sometimes is tough because those friendships, you know, you want to keep the friendship. You don't want to let the, the friend. You know, we still want to be pals, but how do you handle it? You know, how do you how do you let that person know? Then, like, come on now, we're, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just run you off the racetrack. Uh, you know, I'm gonna race you hard, but I'm gonna give you the room you need. Uh, and you want that in, in return. Now, I'm sure that Matt has a completely different version of events. <laughs> but um, Katie probably has a different I'm version sure. of it. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, I think getting I'm, I get wor- I get way more angrier on the highway just out on the <laughs> yeah for some reason. At least you weren't friends with the guy who cut you off yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to say he gets angrier in a race more to crew chief or, or spotter than yeah. another driver. Yeah. But I would throw in a couple honorable mentions here. Robbie Gordon, and I don't even know, it was at Bristol. Yeah. Y'all had a thing. And then I was I, annoyed. You were annoyed. I don't think that, I can't, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I can't remember when Dell was just super angry at a driver. I know annoyed at other drivers. Jeff Gordon at any restrictor plate race, and that was also mutual. <laughs> I mean, like, you I know, think that they did not like racing with each other on a restrictor that's plate That's not race. true. Is it not? No. Okay. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> he would know better than I would. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> so the thing about Jeff at restrictor plate races is I couldn't hear him on the radio like you could, right? So you could hear him complaining all the time about how I raced on the plate tracks. And I couldn't. So I'd get out of the car and have no clue that Jeff Gordon That's had any problem with anything I did on the track. So I'm just like oblivious, right? And that's I, fair. So I'm fine with Jeff Gordon. But <laughs> you know what I mean? not, yeah, Je- that's yeah. what it was. It was not Je- Jeff would always get annoyed with Dale, and yeah. for no good reason. Now, yeah, now I go back and listen to the clips, and I'm like, holy smokes, all these years so I had mean. no clue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have known maybe I'd have. I'd have really rubbed it in a few times. Yeah. <laughs> we got to call him up one of these days. Bring uh, him back up. <laughs> um, yes, we should ask him, man. What was it? Why was? Why were you so annoyed? We did ask him. We had him in like the, one of the early uh, Dale Jr. download interviews. We asked him about why he was but so annoyed. He, but I don't think he was honest. Yeah, interesting. He made it seem like he wasn't annoyed. And we were like, like we didn't hear you. We heard you. Yeah, we should have the clips ready. Yeah. True. <laughs> we'll get them ready for next yeah. time. Uh, Tim's giving me the wrap-up sign, right. so uh, that's all we got for today. All right, everybody, appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, Cars Tour opener is this weekend, Southern National Motorsports Park. If you're wanting to go see some awesome racing, there's going to be a lot of cars there. You want to tune in for that on Flow Racing as well. So uh, have a great week. Action Detriment- Detrimental by Denny Hamlin is out. Door Bumper Clear is out. We're going to have three episodes of the Dale Jr. Download this week and also Dirty Mo' Doe by Steve Letard on Thursdays. And Speed Street. Speed Street as well. Speed Street's been hammering it here lately, guys. So um, tune in to all that. Thank you. Um, I want to end this show uh, with with a bit of a maybe a dedication, if you will. Um, Gary Hargett, uh, a lot of you might recognize that name. Maybe you don't. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Gary Hargett uh, worked in racing for um, all of his life. Uh, born in Marshfield, North Carolina, lived there for over 80 years, um, and just passed away this week. And in the home that he was born in. And uh, Gary worked with Harry Gant in the 70s. He worked with my dad as well as a mechanic, crew chief, car owner. He ran sportsman and local tracks, but all up and down the East Coast, grassroots racer. Uh, I was paired with him uh, through my father uh, when I moved into the late model series in 92, 93. And I worked with Gary for about three years. He became like a grandfather to me. Uh, I never really had much of a, you know, a grandfather, a constant, you know, daily grandfather figure in my life. And he filled that role really well. Taught me a lot about, um, not only just racing and working on cars, but the one thing that I think that he taught me the, the, that was really important was how to treat people. And, um, I've, you know, I would, you know, I would run everybody out of the shop complaining, criticizing uh we're working on the car and and bickering back and forth with people and um and he helped me understand how that 
how you know when, especially when you have volunteer help how to how to treat people right how to how to take care of the people that are there to help you and um so anyways um gary has you know just been uh he's been a big part of a lot of racers lives and um i got the chance coming home from florence from the icebreaker to stop in and see gary and uh, gary has been dealing with some health issues for some time i tried to get him to come out to the walking uh, the wilkesboro race in august but he wasn't well enough but i got to stop in sit with him for a couple hours share a lot of stories he told me uh you know he spent probably 70 percent of the 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 day uh talking about harry gant and all the times that they had together uh but i got to tell gary that i loved him and i'm glad that i i'm glad that i did that because uh you know he um he and, and i wanted to also say that the day before he passed away he got to talk to harry gant who i don't think he's talked to in years harry called him Gary wasn't able to talk, but Gary could hear Harry and reacting to Harry's comments and so forth. And I, I imagine that that meant the world to Gary to be able to hear from somebody that he had so much respect for. So anyways, um, Gary is going to be missed. Uh, he he was uh, he impacted my life in a very positive way. And, and I just wanted uh, everyone to know uh, that we're going to miss Gary. So uh, anyhow... That's going to wrap it up today for uh, episode 421. We appreciate everybody listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Tuesday, March 7th, 2023 is in the books. Tomorrow, we got Tyler Reddick on the show as our guest. Looking forward to sitting down and talking to him. We'll see you then. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.